Namaste and welcome to Vedanta the River of Wisdom podcast. A podcast that brings to you the ancient flowing tradition of wisdom that reveals you up your being having a human experience. I am Swamini B, a Vedanta teacher and a Hindu monk, and your guide by the side. Let us flow you and I on the banks of the river of wisdom. And yes, happy happy you in the new year and always. Thank you very much for listening in to the many episodes of this year and I look forward to being with you in the next year too on the banks of the river of wisdom. Announcement about a new course in 2024. Life is short. We want our lives to matter. In quiet moments, we wonder, why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? Modern society tells us to find your passion and have a work-life balance. These incomplete statements do not work. These statements lose their face after some time. To live a complete and well-rounded life, our ancients guided us to anchor ourselves on Sanatana Dharma. Depending on our age and stage of life, we can discover and live our Swadharma, which is a life of purpose and connection. And so, as we welcome the new year 2024, I am happy to announce my course on Swadharma, Discovering and Living Your Life Purpose, under the aegis of the Hindu University of America. It is such a popular course that I am offering it for the third time now. Spread over 11 weeks, we begin on 14th January and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. By the end of the course, you would have discovered and started to live your life purpose. Do register soon. Details in the description of this episode. Bhagwan Sri Ramana Maharshi often quoted from the Tripura Rahasya, which is considered an important teaching of Advaita Vedanta. In this, Sri Shiva taught the highest truth to Sri Vishnu, who in turn taught Sri Brahma. Later, Sri Vishnu incarnated on the earth as Sri Dattatreya, the lord of the Avadhutas, sages who move around without clothes. Sri Dattatreya also shares what he learnt from his 24 gurus in the Avadhuta Gita that appears in the Bhagavatam. I had done three podcast episodes about this, the link of which is in the description of this episode. Sri Dattatreya taught Parashurama on the condition that it should be communicated to Haritayana who would seek the truth from him. 
So the question is, who is Dattatreya? There's a story that we hear. Once there was a dutiful couple. The husband had a roving eye, while the wife was extremely devoted to him. The couple unknowingly disturbed Rishi Mandavya, who had been placed on a spear by a misguided king. The Rishi or sage was in agony, but not dying. Since his tapasya was disturbed, the Rishi cursed the couple, saying that the husband would die at sunrise and the wife would be left a widow. Due to her intense loyalty to her husband, she did intense prayers. As a result, the sun did not rise and the Devata's powers got reduced. So the Devata's rushed and resolved to approach Anasuya, who was considered to be the epitome of wifehood. They requested Anasuya, the wife of sage Atri, to intervene such that the now widow give up her tapasya and the dead husband be restored to life. Anasuya makes it happen. Then the three devas agreed to be born as sons to Anasuya. Brahma manifested as the moon, Shiva manifested as sage Durvasa and Vishnu manifested as Datta. The word Atreya got added to his name and he came to be called as Dattatreya as Atreya was derived from his father Atri or the husband of Anasuya. Sri Dattatreya is one of the most revered sages who incarnated on earth. The very manifestation of Sri Brahma, Sri Shiva and Sri Vishnu combined. He gave out teachings which are in the form of Tripura Rahasya. It is said to consist of 12,000 shlokas in three sections. The Mahatmya Khanda, which is a section on the greatness of Devi Tripura. Jnana Khanda, which is a section on wisdom. And Charyakhanda, which is a section on conduct. But most of this has been lost. About what is available in the wisdom section in the chapter of bondage and release, there is a commentary narrated in the form of a story. It illustrates that bondage and liberation are for the intellect only and not for the jivatma the individualized consciousness. So the story of the Jivatma. Before creation, my mother, namely Chaitanya consciousness, gave me, that is Jivatma, a companion called Buddhi or the intellect decision-making function. Now, the origin of the intellect cannot be investigated but it remains as a part of the sukshma sharira, the subtle body, and enables a person to partake of the experiences of pleasure and pain. The buddhi, the intellect, is lost at death, but reappears as if from nowhere at the time of rebirth. The buddhi, intellect, 
is bright and shining by nature and remains untainted. Later, she is associated with a wicked friend called Avidya, who makes the intellect wander away from me, the Atma, and forces the intellect to become externally focused. The subtle intruder remains unnoticed by my mother who just illumined her. Actually, it was the intellect that had forsaken consciousness as she was so enticed by ignorance and gets entangled in the world of objects. There is always something to do, somewhere to go, so much to experience. There is no Viveka, the discriminating and discerning ability and the ego identifies itself with all the various activities of the mind. You see, relating to the mind is one thing and identification with the mind is quite another. Individuality and intellect go hand in hand as they cannot remain without each other. The intellect comes more and more under the sway of avidya until her friend of wonderful powers persuades her to seek pleasures. Now, the intellect comes under the influence of the son of ignorance called moha, confusion. The intellect has a secret affair with moha. But even moha or confusion could not escape me as I, the Atma, illumine her too. She tried to create a smokescreen for the intellect, but I could see through it all. I, as the Atma, make the intellect shine. But then, Moha got a son called the Manas, the mind. Manas resembles his father in every respect. The Manas or the mind has an extraordinary ability and many flights of passage in wild abandon. However, his activities were only according to the qualities inherited from avidya. Thus, the intellect was dragged by dark forces until she became clouded in darkness. She was gradually losing interest in me, the Atma, who always accommodated her and continued to do so. But due to my constant company with the intellect, Moha tried to overpower me. I as the Atma remained ever pure. The mind, which is a function of all feelings and desires, became more and more associated with me. One thing to note is that in the Vedic tradition, we use the word Manas, mind, as a function of desires and feelings and the buddhi is the intellect as decisions and definitive knowledge. Continuing, the intellect almost totally ignored me and identified herself with moha confusion. As the mind grows up in my company, the powers of the mind manifest more and more with the grandmother Avidya's permission. Later, the mind married the five changing forms. They became a couple and the five senses are born of this couple. 
The senses also flourish because of me, the Atma, until they are able to stand on their own legs. The senses function in the sensory organs and their father, the mind, is able to function through them and they have a great time in life. More and more desires possess the mind and it keeps increasing until the mind can never be satisfied. Constant association of the mind with Icha, desire, gives rise to Kama, binding desire, and Lobha, greed. The misery of the Manas, the mind, is reflected in the intellect. I, as a Jivatma, am completely hidden behind the dark and active forces which drag the intellect down. Thus, suffering for ages, the mind loses all initiative and is in the clutches of karma binding desire. Then, this mind and desire have to deal with the city of ten gates. They lead the body with its ten outlets, two eyes, two ears, two nasal passages, the mouth, the urethra, the anus, and Brahmarandra, an opening in the skull. The same story of miseries is repeated in the new incarnation. The intellect by now has lost the sattvika quality of brightness. It cannot shine well and has become dull because of tamas. The mind continued to flourish in the company of avidya, moha and kama. The intellect could not manage on the one hand, nor function in my absence. We all lived there together. If I had not been there, no one else could have lived in the city. I as the Atma was protecting all of them. On account of my intimacy with the intellect, I became sentient, at times foolish, at times unsteady. A lot of ignorant people considered me, the Atma, as the intellect. But the sages know that I as the Atma have never been tainted and cannot be associated with anything, limitless as I am. My mother, Chaitanya, consciousness is most pure, subtler than space, because she is in and through all of this. She is Tripura, the Devi of all the three cities, waking, dream and deep sleep state at the total level. She is limitless, unaffected by everything and at the same time immanent in and through everything. She is the prop of all but has no props. She has no shape but is the being of all shapes. Being all-inclusive, she owns nothing. Her daughters, like me, are too numerous. My sisters are infinite in number, like the waves of the sea. All of them are too involved, like myself, in their companion, the intellect's affairs. We just believe whatever the intellect says. However, I am identical with my mother in every respect. I get glimpses of her in moments of happiness or when I say, 
that I am free from Tripura, the three states of experience. Or rather, I am Tripura, the one that is free from the three states of experience, waking, dream and deep sleep. So, to return to my life in the city, whenever the mind was fatigued, he used to sleep on his mother intellect's lap. When he slept, none of the sons or others could be awake. The city of the body was then guarded by his intimate friend, the breath or the prana. The intellect with all her family used to be clouded by ignorance, her mother-in-law, and then I as Jivatma used to abide in and remain as fullness. But as soon as the inhabitants of the city awoke, I was obliged to move in the background. The mind's friend, Prana, pervaded the whole city and protected all the citizens in every way. The Prana was the link between them and me, the Atma. He derived his strength and powers from me. And then when the city fell to ruin, or the body died, he would collect them all and pass with them to another city. The mind thus reigned in several places with the aid of another friend, rebirth. Though befriended by prana, though born of intellect and though brought up by me, the mind was always wallowing in misery because he was wedded to his insatiable wives who were associated with the two wicked sons, Lobha, greed, and Krodha, anger. The mind would swing to and fro on account of the other five sons, the senses. He could find no rest and was manipulated by the senses. Whether in forests or in wilderness, in heat or in cold, he found himself in different kinds of naraka, hell, like places. His miseries reflected and affected the intellect, and I too, being the Atma, was involved in their woes. After all, who can avoid the effects of bad company? On one occasion, the intellect sought my advice in secret. I advised living a life of dharma by which she gained a good husband, Viveka. And so, the intellect grew stronger, gathered courage to master the mind, and master greed, lobha, binding desire, karma, and anger, krodha. The other five sons of his, namely the senses, were held in check and reigned in nicely soon after she became loyal to me and finally allowed my nature to be revealed. Finally, Jivatma was one with all-pervading Atma, that is Chaitanya. The Jivatma finally realized that she had always been one with the all-pervading Atma, that is Chaitanya. This teaching appeared in Tripura Rahasya by Sri Guru Dattatreya the combined form of Sri Brahma, Sri Vishnu and Sri Shiva. 
we seek his grace for our moksha pursuit shri gurudeva datta you matter your life matters what you do with your life matters thank you for listening if you took away something of value from this episode i would really appreciate it if you were to tag me either on twitter at discoveratma or on instagram at discoveratma and share your thoughts and reflections if you are on spotify then please let me know what you think of this episode and if you are listening to this on apple or any other podcasting platform then do spare a few moments and leave a review or rate this episode because this small input of yours will go further in making the podcast known to people who may be interested thank you for doing this would you like to receive an email every month that will bring to you more wisdom more happiness and more freedom If the answer is yes then our monthly newsletter Arshavidya Bharati is for you it has articles on living our traditions links to podcast episodes articles and videos published elsewhere in the month reflections about how vedanta is changing the life of students announcements about events and courses profound sanskrit sayings and much much more and it's not too long do consider checking out this month's issue and also subscribe the links are in the description of this episode the transcript of this podcast is available on discoveratma.com/category/podcast I would love to hear from you if you have a request or a reflection please write to me at swaminiji@discoveratma.com that's s w a m i n i j i at discoveratma.com as always thank you for listening and we meet next week